Rage, I hit it. I hit it too. This is good. We're we're I starting hit it off. first. Oh my god, this Ray is J. Hot. <laughs> Ray J. Have you heard that song? No. Oh my god, I hit it first. Oh, is that about uh your girl there? Yeah, you know it is. It's like kind of a diss track to Kanye because it's yeah, it's about your girl Kim, my girl Kim. Like let's not even pretend like anyone else is feeling it. Who uh? Here's my question: Who's ever fucking heard of that motherfucker since uh? What's her face? No, for real. I mean, like, was that his hope that he would be relevant again? I don't even know. Yeah. He's like trying to ride the coattails of that. You know, it's crazy because like. You want to say that Kim leaked it, but to me, the only person that's, like, obsessed with that tape is him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so no, why don't we assume he released it? <laughs> I kind of always did. You did? Oh, my God. You're a feminist. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I mean, well, kind of. Well, I don't know, because, like, everybody <laughs> thinks everyone thinks it's Kim, or, like, the joke used to be that it's Kim. I feel like no one really brings up the sex tape anymore. Well, she got famous because of that, but... She did get famous off of... I mean, yeah, of course. Ugh, it's so crazy. Because that feels, like, so... Doesn't that feel like an old... Like, no one's going to do that anymore, I don't think. J-Lo. Oh, my God. Not the same. <laughs> could be. Who knows? This could be a backdoor uh, publicity grab by her. Pun intended? Yeah. Because if there isn't anal, no one's watching. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I have, a, I have a feeling Jennifer Lopez, like, does not engage in anal. What makes you say that? I don't know. Number one, I think her ass is insured. So I don't mm. think she would do anything to, like... I don't think she would mess with the back door. <laughs> I just don't think. I don't think doing anal stuff uh, messes with the shape of your of the exterior part of your butt. I think it just kind of messes up the whole part, okay. the part that the poop comes out. The fact that you are mansplaining anal to me is outrageous, <laughs> for starters. Um, I will not be spoken down to. And for seconds, um, actually, it is oh, scientifically man. proven to destroy the bot. <laughs> like the, even the outside, the part you sit on? No, I mean, like, it's, no, it doesn't do anything. But, like, if your livelihood was your butt, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of, like, it would be, like, how, how can I explain it? Like, I bet, like, a really famous hand model, like, doesn't give hand jobs. Do you yeah, know what I, I mean? No, Even though, I like, your that. hand is fine. But I feel like they're like, I can't risk it. This is my livelihood, said, like, the world's most famous Rolex, like, salesman or something. Like, I have That's no true. idea. I mean, maybe J-Lo is just, like, worried about accidents on set or something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe her biggest fear is that she's going to fall on a few silly Jerry, like, on that episode of Seinfeld. Mm. That would be my one yeah. question if I could interview her. Is your biggest fear falling on a few silly Jerry? She's like, oh, is that English? <laughs> Like, what the hell are you asking? What about well, anyway. J-Lo's sex tape? Do you think it's going to happen? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't think so. Like, she'll stop it. Also, like, I, talk, like, 15 years too late. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, hey, you know what? I'm glad it's the, uh, she's probably happy it's, like, 1997 J-Lo and not 2015 J-Lo. Oh, my God, you're so right. Although, honestly, actually, I'm going to challenge that. Have you seen 2015 J-Lo? She looks, no. she looks, like, identical. To 1997 J-Lo. It's insane. I'm going to send you 15 pictures um, when we're done recording. Mm. <laughs> Th- right. Throughout the night. I'm going to start at 1 a.m. just to really drive it home. Good. Yeah, and it's going to be one for every year since, the 2000, since 2000. You're going to lose your mind. Right. You're going to lose your mind. Yeah. So there you All go. Right. There's that. Um, so All now's right. a good time to introduce the, <laughs> to introduce the episode. <laughs> yes, this is episode 29.5 of the Good Friends Podcast. Half an it's episode. Ep- it's half an episode. It's 29 and a half, but for the robots listening, it's beep, beep, 29.5. Right. I say 29.5. Well, you're half cyborg. I think out yeah. of the two of us, which one do you think is more cyborg? Oh, man. I don't know. The fans want to know. I'd say you're definitely... I don't know. I think you're more cyborg than I am. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's fair. <coughs> Yeah, I think actually I think that's totally true. I seem like somebody who would very quickly be like, um, plug me in. What's easier? Yeah, right. Like it feels like cyborgs don't like manual labor, and you know I don't. <laughs> See, because your wit sometimes is too, almost too on point. That is the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> I don't trust it a lot. Oh, okay. So and this I'm actually became and, about fear. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> That is yeah. the second nicest thing you've ever said to me. The first is when you said that my tiny body would fall down a sewer grate easily. Yeah, that's that was, absolutely I, true. I thought that was sweet. I thought that was really sweet. 
I just want a tiny little frame. Okay, well, yes. Yeah, so this is episode 29 and a half. Um, it is the halfway point between 29 and 30 for those who aren't good at math like meh. It's like um, any person who's self-conscious about turning 30. Yeah, so it's basically anyone who, with a rational mind, <laughs> they're going to yeah. have a 29 and a half birthday when they turn 30. My mom yeah. turned 53 times. God bless her. Mm. So age is not nothing but a number. Age is, age is a lot. Age is yeah. baggage that we carry. I don't like it one bit. Yeah. What's the age you're most scared of? I feel like you're uh, going to love 30. I'm, I'm most scared of 70 because it's the year after 69, and that's going to be just a great year. <laughs> That's going to be when your comedy is at its peak. <laughs> <laughs> like on August, um, no, on June 9th, when you're 69, you are going to lose your mind. Right. You're going to just be screaming at 6'9 and I'm 69 out of the, <laughs> out of the car that drives itself. At that point, my, it, 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 like I'll stop, people will stop viewing my comedy as like rude and crass and it'll yeah. start being endearing. Charming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. It'll be like Rodney Dangerfield, like, aw. What is that age? Yeah, it'll be like Betty White, who literally is like 80 and is still like, I love to fuck or whatever. Yeah. And everyone's like obsessed <laughs> with it. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Like Betty White's entire brand is that she's like really horny. <laughs> it's insane. She's a horny old lady. <laughs> yeah, her brand is literally horny old lady. Yeah. Well, she's a horny little toad. <laughs> hey, old ladies need to, you know, get pounded too. You know what I mean? Old ladies need the cha-cha. I mean, they're human. Like, why do we pretend that, like, between infants, like, basically you're only important from the time you're, like, 14 to the time you are 29. Everything else is dead, like, desert. Like, right. oh, my God. Old people love to bong. That is That's why true. I feel like old folks' home are, like, have the potential. Like, if an old folks' home is designed well, I feel like it has the potential to be, like, freshman year dorm part duh. Well, you're totally right. You know? Yeah. I just feel like they're very depressing. I feel like my rule, if I ran, like, an old folks home, it would be that, like, everyone who's, like, sort of, not hospice, but, like, everyone who's sort of on, like, bags and, like, life alert or whatever mm. would be, like, put in, like, one big room, like, far <laughs> away so that it just, wouldn't bring bring down the vibe. Right. It's, like, I want us to keep caring for them and, like, they'll mm. get all of the things that everyone gets, but, like, everyone can do, like, bingo together in the room or whatever, mm. like, gets old people off, but, like, those people get, like, a private bingo in their room right. with so everyone. Right, so they can it, die alone. Die yeah. together. Sorry, <laughs> They'll die, die yeah, exactly. I mean, like, honestly, that would be how I'd present it to the parents. I'd be like, look, all these people are in a way dying alone and dying together, so, like... Right. Let's just wrap it up. Let's let the ones that are, like, vivacious and, like, have the good fortune of eating well enjoy their last few years. And, like, Carl over here that, like, has been smoking until 90, I don't want him to bring down the party. It's true. It I is. Don't think it's that's like, uh, It's like a mixture of, like, freshman year dorms and Burning Man because they're just handing out drugs. Oh, my <laughs> Wait, that is actually too true. Yeah. Wait, that's crazy. That is exactly what it is. I would love to see old people in like burner goggles and like <laughs> like burner man outfits. Burner man. I, wow, I sound like an what, aunt. When when our generation becomes old as fuck, that's actually what's it, it's going to be like. I think. Yeah, t- totally. Well, I mean, the weird irony is like wasn't. I mean, I wish Burning Man on the field, Burning Man correspondent Rula was in the room right now. But I think originally it was like four older people. Mm. Right? Mm. Like, Burning Man in its most pure vision was four people that were, like, around in, like, the summer of love and, like, literally didn't get over it <laughs> or something. Uh, I know it started in San Francisco, but that could be true. Yeah, it did it start in San Francisco. I mean, it definitely has that Bay, like, pride to it. Yeah. So, I love it. Mm. But, yeah, so that's my radical idea for old folks' homes. I don't even think it's that radical. I really feel like you would spruce everything up. Also, natural lighting. Oh, my God. I feel like every old folks' home ceiling should just be windows, but... That's fern. That's neither here nor there. Right. So. <laughs> we don't have time to talk about this. <laughs> we don't. This is a half episode. Like, let's let people live. Yeah. So we're doing the half episode because next week is the flirty 30 anniversary and we're going all out for it. Um, and we want to give you guys just a little taste of the tip for right now. Yes. Just um, the tip. Just the tip before the whole shebang, shlamazel next week. Mm, yes. Um, which is Hebrew for the 30th anniversary. Yes. Um, so we're going to talk about a lot of different things. The first is, you know, what, what, was the, what was the first thing we were going to talk about? We just wanted to talk about the shit that you've seen recently. Oh, yeah, the absolute crap that I've seen. Okay, yeah. yeah so, like, quick movie update. I saw literal 
um, hot garbage last night. It's called The Walk, directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the world's... Talk about freshman year dorms. Joseph Gordon-Levitt literally Mm. reminds me of somebody who would, like, woo girls by playing Ignition Remix on a guitar. That is exactly the type of dude I think he is. Do you disagree or agree? Uh, let's see. Don't you feel like he just wears flip-flops and, like, always hits your back really hard to ask how you're doing? That's what he seems like. I see Joseph Gordon-Levitt more as the guy who, like, takes himself too seriously and goes to class in a, in, like, a pair of slacks and nice loafers. Oh my god, wait, that is such a major disruption of what I see. Although, you know what, actually, I agree with you to a degree, because I think the person I'm describing in high school probably wore a blazer with elbow patches and carried a suitcase instead of a yes instead of like a backpack yes like that's the dude he was yeah but then i feel like he grows up to be this guy who's like how you doing to like every waiter or something i don't know Mm. he's just so nasty he's not nasty look i don't hate him but i'm just so supremely uninterested but through some miracle hollywood looked at joseph gordon levitt and was like not only does this piece of trash work but we're going to have him do a French accent. And so Homeboy what? is playing. Yeah, he's playing Philippe. I don't even know how to say his last name. Or I'm not going to say that because it's like really rude. But I haven't looked up his last name. But, <laughs> but Philippe, who... Um, okay, so The Walk is Robert Zemeckis' fictional adaptation of the um, documentary Man on Wire, which is about this high-wire walker named Philippe who walked um, along this wire between the Twin Towers in 1976. So the dude wrote... A memoir about it. It's called like "Making Out with the Sky" or something. I don't oh, know. Just say it in French. I want to hear your horrible French. Oh my god. Okay. So if you want just to hear me, it. if you want to hear me do horrible French from now on, just say do your impression of Joseph Gordon Levitt because do- that will do. <laughs> Literally, he's just like oh, as you. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't actually oh, but at one point he's like, when I saw those towers, I thought that is my dream. He no. literally. He brings it up and down like he's a snail wearing a top hat. I wanted to kill him. Oh, man. Not only that, but, like, the movie is narrated with French Joseph Gordon-Levitt literally hanging out on the torch of the Statue of Liberty. Like, he's he's standing there, like, Jiminy Cricket, like, narrating the movie. (laughs) And, like, every once in a while, like, cuts back to him. And he's like, as you know, it is very scary to walk on a high wire or whatever. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. Like, if Pam, if Pamu saw this, she would, like, set herself on fire like the monk in that famous (laughs) Vietnam photo. Um, It's a nightmare. So, like, the movie is an app. Did you see that documentary when it came out? Uh, No. You I'm aware it? of okay. it. No, I didn't see it, though. Okay, yeah. I know you mean. I feel like everyone's aware of it. I feel like it's, yeah. like, the first thing Netflix ever got the rights to. Right. <laughs> like it's been streaming on Netflix for, like, a decade. It totally has. Um, the documentary is, like, pretty good. I also don't think that's really great. The story is, like, pretty good, but just in general kind of, like, okay, wait, what? Like, what are we up to here? The movie is filmed on... So it's filmed using, like, IMAX 3D cameras. Okay. And it is... The entire thing, so much of the film is, like, green screen, like, an outrageous amount of it is. The entire, like, third, last third of the movie is. Um, and it when kind of... When he's, like, actually walking across the... I'm guessing yeah, that's the... That is the moment. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, boy, does it take time to get there. The first act of this movie is, like, actually unbearable. It is so oh, yeah. annoying. This guy is, like, the most irritating human I've ever seen in my life. It doesn't help that, like... A rat with a French accent is playing him. It's like double trouble. Um, it's just crazy. Like this movie is like such hot garbage. It's oh, like the music is this like cheesy piano. The font in the title cards is this like weird Times New Roman. Like the movie just looks like it was like pulled out of 1996. It's outrageous. And then the whole thing is like 3D. I saw it at the MoMA in a room filled with 80 year olds and everyone was like screaming. They were like loving it. I was like, can we set oh, this room what? on fire like Inglorious Bastards? It was crazy. Yeah. But then it, like, builds up to this ending. So, like, the whole movie, like, eventually transforms into this, like, caper where they're, like, trying to figure out the perfect way to, like, go break into the World Trade Center um, during its construction. Because, like, I didn't realize that the World Trade Center was, like, really new. Did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) I, like, didn't realize that. Uh, Well, I I mean, I I guess. I knew it wasn't the oldest building. I knew it was definitely newer than... uh, like the Empire State, Empire State. No, I yeah. I knew that, but like 
for some reason, like, the 70s is, like, really recent. Like, he does this in, like, 1976, and, like, the towers aren't even be finished being built. Like, yeah. meaning they weren't even occupied really fully probably by, like, 1978. So, like, just thinking about 9-11, which, like, obviously you're thinking about the entire third yeah. act of this movie, um, it's just crazy because these buildings weren't even around that long. I don't know. It's just, it was, it's really weird. <clears throat> So anyway, like, the whole movie becomes this, like, caper of, like, them getting to the top. And it's, like, kind of exciting. Um, and then he does the wire, and it's, like, okay, like, for sure. And he just keeps walking back and forth for, like, 20 minutes on this wire. Really? And it's, like, the movie is just supposed to be this, like, it wants to, I think it wants to be this season's, like, gravity. Like, I think it's going to be, like, mm. pushed like that at the Oscars. I feel like that's kind of, like, how it's being positioned, that it's this, like, absolute garbage script and this, like, awful film, but, like, a visual feast. But it's not even a visual feast. Like, it's really boring seeing someone walk again back and forth. And also, shit doesn't even look real. It looks like a video game. I don't know. I thought it was, real, like, huh? contrast. It doesn't look real. I mean, like, mm. the 3D is, like, really good because it actually, it looks real in the sense that, like, it gets your depth perception just right. Like, you really do have a scope of, like, how big the buildings are. But, like, the reality is, like, no matter what, like, you can never properly, like, get at that thing. Like, you can never really showcase, like, why that is so scary unless you're doing it. Yeah. You know, like, it's scary and you're definitely holding your breath and you're like, oh, my God, like, put a gun in my mouth. It's really scary the first few times, but, like, I don't know, it just gets really old. And then, so spoiler for everyone listening. Well, it's not even a spoiler, but it's an emotional spoiler. So it en- the movie ends with him not dying, as you may know. He, like, lives um, because otherwise worst movie ever. And he does not get in trouble. Wow, different era. This dude would have been, like, given the death sentence oh, if he did this yeah, in 2014. This guy would have been fucking crucified. Yeah, he would have been crucified. It is hilarious the amount of love he gets. The cops bring him in and they're like, you're a daredevil, aren't you? <laughs> I'm like, what? And they're bringing him down and the construction crew is clapping. The news is there. And it ends with him getting, like, a pass for the observatory part of the World Trade Center for life. So it's basically like, you can come up there anytime, but like, make sure you're not walking on a wire this time. And so the movie ends with Jiminy Cricket up on the Statue (laughs) of Liberty torch, and he's like, they gave me the, like, pass. And in the date that the pass began, it was like, blah, 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 day, like 1976. And in the date that it expires, they crossed it out. And then he closes his eyes and, like, takes, like, a big gulp and, like, gives you this, like, tragic face, and he's like, and they wrote forever. And he, like, walks away, uh, and it's just this, like, one-minute shot of the World Trade Center as it, like, fades out, and, like, the towers are still there. It is, like, hilarious. I was, like, crying with laughter. I was like, this is a joke? Like, damn. why on earth? So anyway, that movie's hot garbage. It's gonna win, like, a bunch of awards. I think people are gonna, like, love it. So I saw that. <laughs> oh my god, no! And the best part was I saw it with a screening of Rob- with Robert Zemeckis, like getting interviewed afterwards. Who's like the world's most boring person? Every time this interviewer asked for something, oh yeah, he'd be, yeah, he'd be like, "All of your films are <clears throat> are about people, like Castaway and Forrest Gump, and like even Flight, and now this. Like you seem to be very interested in like people." And he's like, "Hmm, yeah, yeah, I guess." <laughs> it was like dead yeah. quiet and while he was answering this one thing and the audience was like wanting to kill themselves this guy in a, this old man got up and he's like and i would like to thank the man who risked his life for his art <laughs> and we were like wait like does he know that robert zemeckis is talking and we look and the guy is like his hand is out and he's just like pointing to his left for like 10 seconds too long and everyone's like what the fuck and all of a sudden this like french guy like gets up like really awkwardly and it's pierre the guy who like walked on the wire who was like uh. at the screening and he's up there and he like makes his wife stand up who like takes a second to get up because she's like kind of old and everyone gives him a standing ovation while robert zemeckis is on stage just like and me and my friend romy were like and the person sitting next to me who was a stranger were literally cringing it was like the worst room i've ever been in (laughs) it's like lock the like lock the doors and burn us alive oh man yeah so that was that so i saw that who stars with him Who's, who's the the leading lady um the leading lady is some like unknown french woman who like is absolutely, like, useless in the movie. Like, does not pass the Bechdel test for anyone looking for, like, an interesting woman on film. Although, um, the dude who plays John Ralphio in Parks and Rec has, like, a small role in it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he has a small role. Um, he has, like, doesn't really do much. But, so, yeah. (laughs) So, 
That was Man on Wire. I saw some other movies. I saw Queen of Earth, um, which is directed by Alex Ross Perry and stars Elizabeth Moss, Peggy from Mad Men. Um, and it's literally about her having a nervous breakdown and like losing her mind in a cabin in the woods with like her best frenemy, who's played by Katherine Waterston. And it's pretty good. It's like not great, but it's pretty good. If you like watching people lose their minds, she's no surprise and amazing at acting as that person. You should oh, watch man. it. I was starting to read like a, I got halfway through like a New York Times profile on her and she seems like she's crazy. Oh my God. Wait, was it the New York Magazine profile? I don't know, but it, star- it started with this like interview of her and she's like in her apartment and there, she said like Fred Armisen when they were still married had like hung up a bunch of signs around her apartment reminding her to like turn off the, the coffee maker and like lock the door when she's leaving and she just seems very scatterbrained. Oh my god. Wait, but also Fred Armisen's like notoriously awful. That seems to be more of a fun fact about how bad Fred Armisen is. Eh. Don't you think? <laughs> she sounds pretty awful too. She's a Scientologist. No, she's not. Yeah, she is. She is? Yeah. She's she's <sighs> one of the she's one of the chosen Xenu uh Xenu files. Honestly, as somebody who's been found by Xenu, like I'm not gonna speak ill, but I must ask our master why he must claim such talents. Because <laughs> it really changes my view of them i had a weird interview with juliette lewis um that was definitely peppered with facts about her have i told you the story before yeah i think you have didn't she like quit on you kind of so we were having like an interview i was like interviewing her over the phone and she we were having great banter and i started asking her private questions about like not private questions questions about her family for like background contact yeah i was was like yeah i was like is it chick does the curtain match the drapes and she was like that's really rude i was like you're a fucking scientologist you're crazy and i hung up (laughs) um no so i was asking her questions about her parents because like they're from la so i was like oh are they in the industry like what is the truth and she got so defensive didn't want to answer anything was like was like i don't get why you're asking these things like this is so weird like, ugh, you're just going so far back. And got, like, really rude in me. And I was like, oh, my God. So th- I, like, managed to, like, pick up the interview again. Like, things go well. And then afterwards, I, like, do some more research to figure out why Homegirl, like, went queen of Earth on me. Um, <laughs> and it turns out she's a Scientologist. And I was like, yeah, Jesus. Dog. Like, ugh, Xenu. Like, you're really testing my patience. I'm sure she you. probably had to, like, cut her fucking parents out of her life. She probably yeah, turned probably. Scientologist and, like, they got deemed uh, repressive, repressive people. Repressive people. Yeah, no. Is it repressive or oppressive? It's oppressive. Repressive. 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 Yeah, Yeah, they're repressive peoples. I mean, my bad, but also, like, here's the thing about Scientology, though. Like, this is why you seem crazy. Own it. Like, own it. What is the secrecy? Like, that, to me, is the ultimate, like, the fact that it's, like, a gated community is the ultimate sign that these people are crazy. Like, if she had been, (laughs) if she, if you had asked her about her parents and she was like, oh, I don't talk to them anymore because they're repressive, you would have been like, oh, for sure. I'd be like, yeah, for sure. My mom's a bitch, too. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I definitely, like, respect that. And I wouldn't have... I mean, would I have published it? I don't know. Like, I probably would have published it. But I would publish it assuming that she's saying it because she owns it. And she should because she is owning it. She cut her parents out of her life. I know that's private, but it sounds like Scientology is an untouchable subject. And it's like, really? It's governing your life, girl. But whatever. Well, if there's any shot at us interviewing Juliet Lewis for this uh, podcast... I know. I mean, I literally have her phone number still. She texted me, like, a few times later that week and was like, hi! What the fuck? I know. It was so weird. And then I haven't heard from her since. Like, okay, wow. help me. Very, very I'm weird. I'm definitely so, uh, taking her phone number out of your phone next time I see Oh, you. my God. Next time we do that game where we get drunk and, like, switch phones and, like, text someone random. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. a few celebrity numbers in my phone. I won't tell you anyone else because I'm actually nervous that you're oh, going to wow. do something with it. Oh, yeah, um, I will. So I saw that this is this is probably so boring. Okay, so I saw that and I saw the end <laughs> and I saw the end of tour, the David Foster Wallace movie starring oh, Jesse you did? Eisenberg. I want to see that movie so bad. Oh, do you? It's pretty good. I liked yeah. it. You should see it. All right. Yeah, it's not great, but it's it's good. I mean, do you like David Foster Wallace? You do, yeah. Yeah, I have that book of uh, essays of his. So, Which one? Uh, oh, considering the lobster, yeah, I've seen it in your room. Lobster, yeah. That's uh. So those are th- there's some pretty good pieces in there. The uh, his like. <laughs> essay when he went to the porn convention is pretty entertaining and then the yeah the avn one i agree yeah that is and his mm-hmm. one on uh one of his last ones was on like Raphael or no uh, roger federer uh which Whoa. is the tennis player interesting interesting yeah. i would like to read yeah. that yeah i mean well this is the movie takes place like during the last couple of days of the press tour for infinite jest so like yeah it really like revolves around him as like a writer of fiction so i also like only like his nonfiction. i don't really like appreciate much, like much of Infinite Jest. I haven't finished Infinite Jest, but like 
just having cracked it open and started, I'm like, I cannot like read this at all. It's like a three thousand um, page book, right? Yeah, it's so long. I mean, like the length doesn't bother me, but like I just feel like the footnotes plus the length, uh, it's yeah. there's it just takes you out of it. Like fiction's hard for me to read, so getting like immersed in fiction's already kind of a challenge. So having to pull myself out of a, the middle of a sentence, like read this footnote and then find the par- my room in the paragraph, yeah, it's yeah. just like so extra. But it's good. Uh, Jason Siegel is like amazing, and yeah, he's great. Okay. So yeah, see it. So Everyone uh, should see it. That shit you've seen, huh? That shit I've seen with Rod Bastonmere. Well, I've seen some <laughs> shit, but we'll get to that later. Oh my god, we oh, will wait, get to that did later. Did you see the new uh, episode of Last Man on Earth? Um, I didn't finish it. My internet gave out. Oh. Oh my god, Come to on, be man. discussed. It's the best, uh, the best uh, comedy on TV right now. Yeah, and the best, um, consistently, like the best opening sequences. For a premieres ever, him him driving a stealth a stealth <laughs> flyer around DC was an incredible image. It was yeah. like really 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 good. Yeah. Um, okay, so since this is the twenty nine and a half episode, we're just gonna go straight into Devil Tongue, Devil Tongue which of the will week. which will compose the episode. <clears throat> so our Devil Tongue is a controversial choice, but no stranger to the devil. No, no stranger to the devil. Arguably, uh, you know, the old adage, like, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Yeah, most definitely. I would say our devil tongue goes to the person who is, like, the Naomi Campbell to the devil's, like, like Cindy Crawford. Kate Agree Moss. to disagree. Kate Moss, <laughs> Kate Moss um, somehow has mm. managed to be the eternal angel of all these idiots. So, mm. so she is kind of godly. But devil tongue goes to... The motherfucking Pope. What is his last name again? Pope uh, Francis, I think. Second? Yeah, Pope Francis. Is it Pope Francis? It is Pope Francis, right? Okay. <laughs> oh my god, we are so dumb. I'm the, uh, and I'm like the worst because I'm actually technically a member of the Catholic Church. Yeah, no, oh my god, yeah. Everything you just Pope did in Francis. the last like three seconds is like definitely a sin <laughs> or something. Pope Francis. Pope Francis, who's like, okay... The thing about Pope Francis is, like, he, to me, is, like, he reminds me of Taylor Swift. He's, like, very, number one, he's a rock star. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> he's, like, the he's hottest celebrity. He's the most celebrity. popular pope of all time. Well, no, of that's not true. all time. No, that is absolutely not argued. I agree with you. I, I don't think, of I think it's crazy era. that. But, like, the modern era is the only era in which popularity and fame can be quantified. Like, there's something so um, there's something so it's that there's something so modern about this pope, and there's also something like hilariously like fake about him as a result. Well, Do you know what I thing. mean? Like back in the day, like way back in the Middle Ages, when Europeans were just butt fucking each other, right? Pope, good like, times. The pope would like. I mean, the pope was like in charge of the whole continent, so everyone knew right. the pope back then. I mean, and he was like right. God basically. So now right. he's the most His power. pope. Of the mo- that's why I say of the modern, right? Of era. like the modern standing of the Pope, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Since no, the totally. internet was invented, right? Well, before that, though, like I mean, when 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 you say modern era of the Pope, like when does that start? Because to me, like the any Pope that's been alive during even like our grandparents, this guy is like more powerful, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't. Yeah, right. I mean, I can only remember the last like two Popes. <coughs> Who was Pope for, like, 15 minutes? What about that? Yeah, what, this guy hasn't been Pope for that long? No, I'm talking about the Pope before him. Well, the Pope, pope. before him was a, a Nazi. Oh, my God, yeah. And he was like, oh, my bad, I should leave after, like, three years or something, right? Yeah, he didn't even Pope <clears throat> for so long. What about that Pope just casually being a Nazi, but he's, like, chilling now? He was, a, he was a Nazi youth, so it wasn't like it was his choice, but his parents, that means his parents were Nazis. Right. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. Yeah, I mean... I mean, yeah, I'm not even going to get into, like, the messiness of, like, he didn't know. It's like, okay, for sure. Yeah. I don't know if someone who's that susceptible at 14 should then be Pope, but okay. Um, But, yeah, okay, so this dude, Pope Francis. So he's, like, I don't even know, like, mad liberal, I guess? Or he's sort of, like, more, um, he's more forward-leaning, right? Like, that's, like, the thing about this Pope. He's He's sort of about forgiveness or whatever. He's, like, pretty liberal in terms of Popes go, like, as far as Popes go. Which is a low bar. Which is, like, yeah, right, low bar. And he's also pretty, he's actually acknowledged the fact that some horrible things have happened to children. 
in, right. the, in the Catholic Church. So so that's kind of like a step in the right direction. Right. As far kind as, of. Yeah, the Catholic Church goes. I mean, it definitely is a step in the right direction. As opposed to the no, past exactly. where, yes. like, people just don't even, <coughs> don't even, you know, discuss it. Yeah, no, for like, sure. Yeah, that's yeah. real. I mean, like, to me, the thing, yeah, no, it's completely. This just, to me, he seems like, he's like the first pope to me that seems, like, outrightly political in some way. Like, mm. both in how he presents himself and how he, how his rhetoric is very careful. Like, He's he's a pope of the internet era, not in that he like takes selfies and stuff, but in that he's very aware of the fact that he's being watched, you yeah. know, and like that I is the thing that's mean. like really fascinating about him. Right. And, like, you know, I don't buy his open mindedness. Mm. I don't, mm. not really. He's and like, I think, right, you he's know, the pope like, he can't. Will go and check his Twitter mentions at uh, you know when he's lying in bed. Right, yeah, but that that do, that does not a liberal pope make. Not to me. I don't mm. know. And like nowhere was this more true than when homeboy sat down with Kim Davis this week or last week. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which which is crazy, right? Like 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 because to me, you can acknowledge the complications of trying to like or like trying to navigate what is happening with like the um readying of the public towards like gay life and the mainstream and like maintaining like religious autonomy, like while the gay movement is like really gaining beyond momentum, like gay marriage is not like legal in America. Right. But like Mm. Kim Davis is not like, why is this a figure that he's visiting? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, It's interesting. Right. No, I know what you mean. It's interesting that he chose to sit down with the person so in the media or like in the news and who's so so like incredibly polarizing. So uh, polarizing, right? It's not just somebody who you know is opposing um, gay marriage she's and like trying to sort stop of, it. Yeah, she's trying to stop it on this like weird federal level, and she's sort of like she's completely clumsily trying to be both a servant of like God and a servant of the country while those things may now be in conflict with each other. So like, why is this Pope visiting her? Like, why is he talking to her? Like, why is he telling her to keep up the good work? Like, huh? Mm. I'm lost. Here's the thing. Let me, let me, okay. Let me play devil's advocate. Play devil tongue advocate. He's the Pope. All right. He's yeah. probably right. Deep down, he probably wants all homosexuals to burn in hell. Right. <laughs> you know. Yes. He, he does have a Twitter account, so he can't just outright say it. He's not going to go right. on Twitter and do like a He's going to be like, tweets. LOL, burn. Right. <laughs> LOL, die. LOL, die. Hashtag pride. Like, ugh. Um, so, you know, <coughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe... maybe no, I don't know. I can't defend him. What do you want me to say? He's, yeah, I mean, that He's was the, I, No, yeah. I mean, no, it's important to, like, I get what, I get who Kim, I get what Kim Davis means to the Pope. Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand that he, first of all, I hate that this, like, woman who, like, um, I don't know, I don't see anything particularly, um, interesting about her as a figure like I just hate that she's like now her jailing was like such an event and like now the Pope is like looking at her as some sort of like figure of like fundamental Christendom in America like I don't know that's like really crazy to me also is she Catholic like she's she's probably not no I don't think she is what the hell like like, what does that even mean like who is what does the Pope thinks she means for America. That's what I want to know. Because, like, everything he was doing in America was about the Pope's engagement with America. So him seeing Kim Davis is not about her being Christian. It's about her being an American that he's interested in, yeah. to me. And it's just no, like, it's what? Yeah, you're right. I don't know. So, fuck the dude. <laughs> Even though, like, <laughs> he's definitely he's definitely my fave of all these guys. Like, I'm, a, I'm like, kind of, I'm kind of obsessed. He's very cute. Like, I he's think he's very adorable. He's still your favorite Pope, right? He's still my favorite Pope. Yeah, he's definitely my favorite Pope. Right. I mean, that's like asking me, like, who's my favorite, like, One Direction member. It's like, I hate all of them, but, like, right. I'm obviously going to say Zayd. Um, there you go. So he's definitely the Zayd of his centuries-old boy band. Mm-hmm. But, 
I don't know. I just kind of am like not buying it. I feel like he's branded. I feel like he's branded content. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's me. definitely the guy who was like, uh, oh, make sure the camera gets me carrying my own bags. Right. Yeah, totally. And mm. I'm just, <laughs> and it's like, those things might be genuine, but at the same time, the, I don't know, the desire for, I feel, I feel like sort of like the way that like, the way that like every president who becomes president, the first thing he's they the do, Obama it, of the popes. Exactly, yeah, he's the Obama. Where like the first thing Obama had to do in office was like change the vision of America abroad, right? Or like kind of like apply a new tone or like swagger to like the entire notion of what being a president or a leader of this country is. That's what this pope's doing. He's like is the Obama. He's like trying to sort of reconfigure a country that is gradually becoming more atheist, right? right? And, like, doesn't really care about religion. So he's trying to just, like, figure it out. And I just don't know if... I, I find that weirdly insidious, something about it. This but is why people shouldn't trust Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> people shouldn't trust anyone. <laughs> don't trust Except anyone. us. Right. Write us Except in. Except us. Write us in. Goodfriendspodcast at gmail.com. That's what you have to write into the Presidential <laughs> the election ballot. For the first time in American history, the sitting president will be an email address. <laughs> what if it's Rivera just a podcast? <laughs> just the podcast? Yeah. I mean, our State of the Union would be my snowball blue microphone on a podium. Yeah, and then your hot takes about how snipers are cowards. <laughs> yeah, like, as we all know, snipers are fucking cowards. And honestly, like, if you like your butt, you wouldn't do anal. Thank you, America. God bless this country. Everyone's like, okay, that was a lot. Um, but I will uh, say, the one thing that I was down with regarding, like, Pope, Pope Life 2015 <laughs> was the, like cultural presence of the Pope, which was, like, unavoidable. Were you in Canada at the time, or were you, like, in America when it no, was happening? No, I was in Canada. Uh, were you, like, feeling it, though, that it was, like, a thing? Uh, it was definitely everywhere. Uh, I thought Cam, that was kind of incredible in Cam's some weird dad way. dad had been watching, like, Pope coverage for, like, an entire weekend. That's uh, outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, there was the craziest... There was, like, a clip of... He was in Philadelphia, and he was kind of, like being entertained by like Philadelphia or whatever. Okay. So they had this like they had this <laughs> this is so dumb. They had this like concert set up and the Pope is there and he's like sitting in the back and it's like this big stage and they've got like uh, a band it's like the fr- the phrase up there playing there's that famous song they have, How to Save a Life. Oh my god. Or whatever. God. And so the <laughs> phrase the like fuck? the phrase the phrase playing How to Save a Life and then there's like an entire row of um like like oh head, head, like what's that group called like thumbs up for America and they're like oh, I don't they're, know they're like make America great no I don't know it's just the group that like acts they were like acting out the lyrics of the phrase song what and do you so mean interpretive were, dancing yeah they were like interpretive dancing like acting out what was what the lyrics were were talking about and then the Pope's kind of just in the background. Not even, he's not, like, bobbing his head. He's just sitting there, like, observing this go down. (laughs) But see, like, I'd rather listen to the devil whisper in my ear than another minute of the fray. Yeah, he looked like he was very upset. (laughs) I wish he would throw a bucket of holy water on them, and I wish they would melt. And he'd be like, I knew it. (laughs) And then the footage would just cut. Wait, that is so insane. What? I would do anything to be the phrase manager and to get a call that's like, yo, you're going to play for the Pope while an interpretive dance group does dance to this 10-year-old song. The best thing about that performance is that, like, for the last verse, the lead singer of the fray, like, uh, the music cut, and he went acapella, and he, like, took out his earpiece and grabbed the microphone and went up to the front of the stage and started doing the acapella... how to save a life, and at the like end, like the he, where did I go wrong? Yeah, yeah, I right. lost a friend. Yeah, so he was doing that, and then like the song ends, and he like looks up at the sky and like no, but it's just like <laughs> and a bird the, shits in his mouth. Yeah, please. but it's like what the hell is going on? Like, man, the Pope's right behind you, and it just looked like he was, I don't know, it was just like soaking up that moment. Yeah, he was like, he was like, yes, they're here for me. <clears throat> Oh my it's god, like, no, did he fuck. notice that all eyes were literally yeah. on the dude behind you slowly dying? Everyone's oh. been asking you to get out of the way for the past hour. <laughs> and he's like, everyone, clap for man. And they're like, okay, right. but you gotta go. <laughs> that is messed up. That is messed up. And it was just weird, the fray? What the, the fuck? That was, yeah, what? That was on CNN. <laughs> yeah, it was on CNN. 
Was Pam's dad just like, ho oh, ho, I hate these countries? Because <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, that is so funny. Yeah, I mean, everything surrounding the Pope was just like hysterical and tasteless, but I just love anything that gets everyone's attention at one time. I feel like it's very rare. Did you, you know? see that very cute video of the Pope kissing the Pope baby? Yes! Oh my god, you know I got teary-eyed, but I loved it when he was laughing. When he, like, was giggling at it. Wouldn't it be and funny like, if Pope he was Mobile. like, fuck that baby, take the Pope clothes off. Yeah, honestly, where he's like, you are never meant to pretend to be your lord. Everyone's right. like, oh my god, this kind of sounds way more intense than he did That's what the Nazi ago. Pope would have said. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Nazi Pope? How, why weren't we calling him Nazi Pope when he was sitting on the throne or I whatever? Because no one cared. No one cared. Yeah. No one cared about that Pope. But everyone cares about this Pope. That's what I'm talking about. Ugh, yeah. Okay, well, whatever. Devil Tongue goes to the Pope for, like, loving um, <laughs> hate people who hate. Pope. I'm sorry, Mom, but yeah, Devil Tongue goes to the Pope. Uh, uh, did you not do the tongue because you didn't want to, like, no, <laughs> nail I, your coffin? No, I did it. I didn't good. hear it. I'd like you to do it again. Uh, uh, that's better. That's better. Okay. Sorry, Mom. So, <laughs> so good friend of the week is um, a much nicer story. Yes. <laughs> but similarly involves something far above us. Mars! Mars! <laughs> Mars no, alert. NASA. Mars alert. No, NASA. Right? Um, yeah, oh yeah, Good Friend is not the planet that's just been, like, producing water. It's NASA for finding out that it's been doing it, which is so tight. Yeah, so good job, uh, NASA. Good job, water. NASA. What is it, frozen water on the surface of Mars? So what I believe that they found was they found, um, they found frozen water, yes, but they also found um, these series of trails sort of, like, on the surface that um, I guess were um, – like indentations that sort of like pronged out that were the result of sort of like a current. So like of flowing water. So it's oh. not just like frozen water. It's that there's been evidence of like water sort of cycling through the planet and it's actually like creating grooves within like its surface, which implies oh. that there's a lot of it in theory. So that's like a, that's like pretty tight. I can't remember the last time we heard like cool stuff about a planet. <laughs> Right. Except that Pluto wasn't one, which was right. like sad news. When they took when when they revoked Pluto's planet status. Yeah, exactly. When they're like, hot new planet news, we lost one. Right. Like literally Andy <laughs> Cohen, like reporting live. Yeah. Um but this is really cool. Although I have to say, like, I don't understand why we've always been so obsessed with Mars. Like, well, why has it always been Mars? Well, because it's the closest because Mars is like the clo- one of the closer planets. And it's one of the planets that, like, if humans were to theoretically uh, step out of a spaceship and and put their foot on the ground, their foot yeah. wouldn't explode or melt or, mm-hmm. like, sink through the core of the planet and then get lost into space. So I see, because you know of, like, I mean? its properties. Like, yeah. Venus is, like, way too hot. Mercury is way too hot. Saturn is a big ball of gas. So is Uranus. Okay, so basically every other planet sounds like Florida. Yeah, every and other Mars is sounds like California. Mar- Mars is Mars is like yeah, Mars is like it's a little hotter, so it's like Arizona, I think. No, yeah, it's like it, it's like, honestly, it lo- Arizona looks like Mars, so that's yeah. probably pretty apt. So Arizona's so, fucked up. Mars is, is like that a, why everyone says is that why like the whole thing has always been like the alien narrative has always been surrounding Mars because it's been the closest to like a planet that would have life. Uh, I don't know. Like, in some weird way, I thought we sent this probe or satellite to Mars almost out of just some sort of, like, cultural adoration for this planet just because, like, movies and, like, sci-fi novels have always been saying this is where, like, shit's going to go down. But, like, arbitrarily. (laughs) I mean, I think they just do that regardless. And then people – I think what happens is they study Mars and then they come out with something cool and then the culture goes, whoa, weird. Right, right, yes. Like, you know the, you you ever see that, um, oh man, what's that movie where they're on Mars, the Red Planet? Oh, Red Planet, yeah. Is that the one where they end up in the in that big face and it's like uh, this big white room and, do you know what I'm talking about? That, I think, is Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars? Okay, yeah, so. Okay, so you know how so. in Mission to Mars they like end up <clears> in that, <throat> there's like a big face on the planet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like based off of some very grainy satellite image that looked like a face and oh, then my people God. were like, oh, my God, that's a fucking face. <laughs> but then, like... Quick, write this down! It's a yeah, screenplay! Right. <laughs> yeah, right. 
But then, like, as technology gets better, they realize, no, it's just a mountain that looks like a face. Oh, my God. I mean, um, sorry. Hi. It's crazy that there be anything that looks like a face on that planet. Yeah, I mean, it's just interesting. It's like the last frontier, you know what I mean? So people's imaginations just go wild. Go wild. I know. I mean, like, I'm really humbled when I think about space. <laughs> like, that stuff really, like, trips me out. Like, I'm someone with, like, very little um, ability to comprehend the vastness of, like, time or even just, like, the basics of science and math, but... Mm. That stuff is, like, so humbling, right? It, like, trips me out. I, I saw Interstellar the other night, and I was crying the whole time. I mean, there you go. Tell me that movie didn't wreck you. Tell me everything. Did you really cry? Don't joke with me. I almost, I was close to crying. I literally cry every time I see that movie, which has only been to, twice. Yeah, what scene? Was, was it when Matthew McConaughey was looking at the video footage from the years that he'd missed on Earth? No, the only time I was close to crying was when he was saying goodbye to his 80-year-old daughter. Oh my god, yes. That was so intense. Yeah. I was obsessed. Yeah, what did you think of that movie and also what did you think of that idea, Scare? Uh I thought it was I thought it was uh, well, first of all, let me say this. I'm glad that I saw it on Netflix and I'm I'm glad I didn't fork over 15 bucks for it. Oh my god, vicious. Um, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. <coughs> it is beautiful. So that that uh you know, if if that It has that thing, going for it. You know, go for it. Is it on Netflix? It is on Netflix. Daddy. Um, I'm, but I'm. I think that movie just had too many. Uh, I, I think it was just a little too, too had a little too many holes in it for me yeah. to have it taken makes, seriously. It makes a lot of leaps. A lot of leaps. It takes a lot of leaps, and there's some ridiculous. I mean, like, I don't know. He's a NASA pilot, and they really needed a pilot, and the professor like had him as a student. And right. he was, like, right down the road, but it took him to – it took, like, a weird gravitational anomaly for him to find the place. And then, I don't and know. And then he found it, and the, te- and the teacher was there. Yeah, I mean, They're the like, movie is, like, pretty messy. Oh, hi. <laughs> fly this – like, let's fly the spaceship now. Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. I agree. I mean, like, so, yeah, if I was basically – yeah, if I was, like, creating mankind's, like, last chance for survival, I don't know if I would just be like, okay, that dude that, like, just randomly drove in here on a pickup truck, like, he's yeah. definitely going to be leading it. <laughs> so all that crap, I had a problem with the stuff before they get into space, but as soon as they got into space, it was, like, it was, like, the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. Totally. All yeah, those, no, I agree. Yeah, all those movies where, where it's just – that sh- there was a shot where the the spaceship they're in, like – is going across Saturn, and it's just, like, you, you see this, like, big black area, and you see how gigantic Saturn is and how small the ship is. Yeah. I mean, all those all those shots, like, from that, from 2001 I agree. Space that movie Odyssey. gives you a really good sense of scope. Like, it really, like, in a way mm-hmm. that I, even though that movie isn't my favorite movie set in space by any means, like, it really gives you a sense of just, like, how dwarfed you are when you, like, leave the solar system or, like, leave even this planet. Plus, I think just Christopher Nolan does a good job of making stuff that should be crazy, unrealistic seem like it's <laughs> actually plausible. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he has, like, a real interest in, like... I mean, I think he thinks that he has a real interest in, like, human connection and, like, emotions and people. Yeah, no, I'm not entirely mean. sure that he does, yeah, right, like, right, right. really. But he definitely has a real... Yeah, his sense of scope is outrageous. And um, he can just make these big movies that feel really human. And that movie is great. It made me cry, even though it's, like, kind of silly and, like... All the stuff about love is like, woo, oh, child. Yeah, like, I had a, yeah, right. Had like, did you get that. stoned in a college dorm? Like, what was yeah. up with that part? But he didn't write it, so it is what it is. His brother, he, he wrote, wrote, wrote it with his brother, right? Oh, he did. His brother, I, I knew, so. wrote it. I didn't know they co-wrote it. Jesus. Uh, okay. I think he's got a co-writing credit, but maybe it but was who knows more what his that brother. Means. I think the concept yeah. was more his brother's. Since, like, childhood, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I do think you're right. But, yeah, no, that movie is great. I urge everyone to see it. I mean, I just, like, love all Christopher Nolan's movies, even though I don't think they're all, like, necessarily, like, perfect by any means. I think he's, like, probably my favorite, like, blockbuster filmmaker. Yeah, I would agree. I can't watch Inception anymore. I've I've done, like, a complete 180 on that movie. Do you hate it? Every time, yeah, every time I see it, like, just every single second... Every time they say the word dreams, I, I kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, guess who's in that? Jiminy Cricket pre-French accent. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> so that was episode 29 and a half. <clears throat> we love you guys. Just a little taste. Just a little taste. Just daddy's little taste. Gross. That's the subtitle. That's the theme of this episode. Daddy's, Daddy's little, little taste. taste. <laughs> that's disgusting. Which was the original title of the podcast. Weird. It was. Yeah, you're right. It was. Yes. We were right about to hit submit, and we were like, should we just change mm. it to something else? Yeah. <laughs> Might not go over so well. Yeah, DLT was just, like, not going to hit it. But thank you guys so much for listening to Daddy's Little Taste. and That would have um, been a good uh, – I'm sure all the people who listened to the Nambla episode would have loved yeah. Daddy's Little Taste. <laughs> yeah, if there was a podcast called Daddy's Little Taste with that Nambla hashtag, you would be like, oh, yeah. Our subscriber <laughs> just went, like, through the damn roof. Lotion sales went up. Vaseline yeah. sales went up. Podcast mm-hmm. subscriptions went up. Everything. It's, Correlation. Skyrocketed. Daddy. Um, but next week will be Flirty 30, and I'm very excited, and I honestly can't believe it. I'm going to cry next week. <laughs> Me too. I'm going to cry too. You are going to cry. I'm going to make sure you cry. Let's both cry. Let's both make sure we cry. Um, so uh, we will see everyone next week. Next week's episode, let's like present the fact that it might come a little later. Yeah, it might come a little later. It might we come a little later. One- it might be... <laughs> What? So we, we said this one's going to be short, and it's already at 53 minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's try to edit it down. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. We will. should say bye. Thank okay. you guys for listening. We love yeah, you. thanks. 30-30, bye. Bing. 30-30, bye. Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys. And take puffy shoes and socks and run you. La, 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 la.